Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Can you hear me? Also, what do you think of this picture? That's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Um, I had the amazing opportunity to travel to Vancouver Island uh, to speak in Victoria at a We Unify conference uh, with the likes of Mr. Brian Peckford and Leighton Gray and uh, Dr. Bogosi and Umar, uh, Umar Sheikh and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Derek Hildebrandt was there. It was a really good weekend. But I had an opportunity to fly out there with a friend of mine, Kevin, and he took me in his airplane, which meant that uh, we got to see some really, really beautiful sights. It was awesome. I can't say that there's anything quite like flying through the Rocky Mountains um, in a Cessna, where at some times you're actually going around them because you just can't fly high enough to get over them. Well, actually, we could fly high enough to get over them, but sometimes it was cloudy. We didn't want to go up into the clouds and then have to come down to the mountains because, well, that would cause confusion. And when you're confused, you lose. So a big thank you to Kevin and his lovely wife for hosting uh, uh, my son, Zach, and Jessica and I on that trip. It was fantastic. really appreciate it. Maybe later on, I'll show you some pictures that I took from the air. Nothing is like the real thing, but I, I really wanted to try and get some evidence to share with you. So uh, I wanted to go live actually quite a while ago talking about the election results. And I was going to do a kind of live election results viewing. Uh, I looked around on the Internet at some other institutions that were doing it, CTV News. CBC News, Global News, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and what I'm finding is that a lot of the media corporations, the uh, state-sponsored media, they tend to call elections before they're even people are even done voting. And, of course, it's because they're extremely biased. I suppose they do have a little bit of experience in elections and they know how it works, but as we've seen lately... Uh, the media is less about, pardon me, the, the legacy media, state-sponsored media, is less about experience and truth and journalistic in integrity, and they are more about acting as the propaganda arm for the state. But only the liberal state, not the conservative state, that's for sure. So uh, I'm just going to quickly put this up on the screen, but I'm, how am I going to do this? Let's try that. Let's go like that. Let's have a quick look at the election results so far with 24% of the voting places reported. So this is the Elections Alberta website. And yes, I do believe in Elections Alberta and the election and democracy in the whole nine yards. I've seen a lot of stuff on my Facebook page lately. They're, they're scolding me because I'm so brainwashed that I believe in democracy and I believe in elections and I believe this is a country and I believe this is a province, yada, yada, yada. So I guess, let me just address that really quickly before we begin. Um, I am well aware that things aren't the way they seem. Uh, I know that some of the structures that we have in this country and in this province and in our municipalities were never intended to be about democracy. They were kind of an illusion of 
democracy, to keep the people happy. And they don't always work the greatest, but they do work. I said in an earlier live stream today that uh, it's not necessarily the institution or the, you know, the, the physical, the physical machine of democracy that is the problem that's corrupt because, you know, it's hard for a system to be corrupt. That's like saying your computer is corrupt. A computer isn't corrupt and a gun isn't bad, but they can be used in corrupt ways. If a bad person uses a gun, he will do bad things with it. If a bad person um, programs a computer to do bad things, the computer can do bad things. For instance, cheat elections, which some people think that happened in the United States a little while ago. But unfortunately, the truth takes a long time to come. Anyway, my point is that it's not the, the institutions and the structures that we have in this country that are corrupt. It's people. People corrupt these things. People find ways to use our laws and use our structures to benefit themselves. And then they use those to benefit their friends. So what you end up with is a bloated, ridiculously bloated federal government sucking us dry when it comes to our income and then using the proceeds of said sucking to buy their friends, buy their friends support by giving them good jobs, whatever. Um, the prime minister's office, his staff has ballooned. I can't remember what the number is. It's something like 1,200 deputy ministers or something, or 1,800. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's not the system that did it. It's the people that were in the system, that were in that machine, that abused it and made it do that. It's not the Lamborghini that sped through a stop sign. It's the person driving it. Catch my drift? So yeah, I do believe in democracy. I do believe in elections. And I kind of have to because it really is all we have. If not for the tenets of democracy that we hold dear in this country and in this province, what is there? If not for this, then what? If you have a solution, a tangible solution that 38 million people will accept and 38 million people will find uh, satisfies their need for freedom, give it to me. If it's some harebrained thing based on some 500-year-old law, I'm not particularly interested and neither are the majority of 38 million other people. So I believe in democracy. Anyway. Um, the Elections Alberta website has the up-to-date, as up-to-date as possible, results for the election. Uh, Kerry sent me a text, and I think he said that the, the polling stations get the info a little bit earlier, but this is the best I can do for tonight. So let's go over what's happening. Oh, interesting. The number of registered voters went up. Last I checked, it was 2 million something. Now it's 3,245,000 which is three quarters of Alberta's population. Interesting. So far, there's 288,927 votes cast. There's been quite a few rejected ballots. So folks, I would encourage you, well, I guess it's done now, your voting's over, but you really got to read the instructions because if you do the if you, if you you do it wrong, uh, the ballot is spoiled and is discarded. And I know some of you spoil ballots on purpose because you believe it doesn't matter, but that in itself is the reason we find ourselves in the situation we are right now. It's that people aren't showing up 
and they're not working to make sure that the tenets of democracy um, benefit the people. Anyway, so, so far there's a 9% unofficial turnout. Oh, we're up to 28%. Now let's have a look what's going on. Popular vote. This has nothing to do with who's going to win the election. I mean, I can give you a little bit of a snapshot, but when it comes to popular vote, and that is the number of people in the province who have voted for a particular party in numbers of people, the NDP has uh, 121,061 votes, which makes up 40.56% of the popular vote for those who have voted so far. The United Conservative Party of Alberta has 165,962, which is 55.6% of the popular vote. Now, if things continue along this trend, it is very likely that we're going to end up with the UCP government, which is what it, everyone is kind of predicting. I saw my friend Derek Fildbrandt, he projected, uh, oh, what was it, 53 and... 53 and 31, I believe, 30, or maybe it was 34. Anyway, he predicted a UCP majority government. I'm going to throw this out there. I think that we're actually going to see, we're probably going to see an independent candidate elected this election. At least I sure hope we are. I, I sure hope we see that. But according to, uh, according to the polls, as we have them now, which is only a 28%, it's only a 28% counted, uh, the UCP is 55% of the popular vote, which should push them over the edge and allow a majority government. Uh, I'm going to scroll down here. And by the way, again, this is the Elections Alberta website. This is not filtered through any media. This is just what I looked up from our official uh, Elections Alberta website. So I'm going to go down to Lacombe Panoka. Ah, you can see that's where I was, I was already looking. Lacombe Panoka. Oh, oops. That's not very many votes so far, but it's only 17%. So if we times that by five, it looks like we're going to have about 6,000 oh, places reporting 17%. Hopefully it's a good turnout. Anyway, uh, my friend Jennifer Johnson is ahead by quite a wide margin. And I'm really glad to see that. And part of the reason I'm glad to see that is something I'm going to talk about in a moment. And just, let's, let's, just talking about my uh, constituency right now, uh, there's also other candidates besides Jennifer Johnson and Dave Dale, the NDP candidate. There's also Miles Chikurda with the Alberta Party, Dave Dale with the NDP, uh, Nathan Leslie with uh, Solidarity Movement of Alberta, so, or Canada. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what it's called. Solidarity Movement. Taylor Lowry with GPA. Green Party. Yeah, that, I think she was. Yeah, that's the one that was meditating during debates. Good for her. Anyway, Jennifer Johnson is ahead by a wide margin, and we kind of expected that because this is a fairly conservative riding, and um, you know that's it's been that way for quite some time. That's not to say that there haven't been some people that have been very, very upset with the UCP, myself included. Uh, and there are, of course, some folks in uh, Mirror and surrounding areas who vote NDP for whatever reason. I'm glad Jennifer Johnson is ahead by this much of a margin. Partly because she was the victim of a merciless attack by the media. And it was legitimized by our premier, Daniel Smith. I was very upset about that. And no, that doesn't mean I don't support the premier. That means I don't support the way she handled uh, the issue of Jennifer Johnson. Now, Jennifer Johnson said some things that were taken out of context. 
uh, and the NDP put out a campaign to try and smear her and convince people that they shouldn't vote for Jennifer Johnson. They should vote for their NDP candidate. And it was all a bunch of lies. If you've met Jennifer Johnson, you know she would never say those things about anybody. So the point of this endless tirade that I'm on here is that the people of Lacombe Pinoca saw right through the bullshit. They saw through it. They realized that, uh, you know, no, this candidate who has high moral standards and good values would not say that stuff about people, even if she didn't agree with them. And they're showing us that they saw right through that with their votes. It's awesome. It's amazing. And this whole election, let's go back to the top, see what's going on here. This whole election, or pardon me, not election, this whole campaign, we've heard a lot of lies. And there's been a lot of stuff that people uh, should have been able to easily see through, but they haven't. And you can tell they haven't because of this number right here. The Alberta New Democratic Party has 146,000 people so far. 41% of the popular vote, as counted so far, has voted for the NDP. And the NDP, more so than any of the other parties in this election, in this campaign, spent their time lying about other candidates, lying to the people of Alberta, and trying to smear other people so that they would seem better than everybody else. And to be fair, the NDP's platform and their policies are so terrible, as Rachel Notley showed last time she was the premier of this province, uh, the only way they can make themselves look palatable is by making others look worse, by lying about them. So 141,000, 146,000 people now didn't see through this. And it's extremely unfortunate. Radio ads um, had blatant lies about the UCP, about the Premier, about other uh, Conservative candidates, actually about a bunch of other candidates. And the media never called them out. The media reported. They, they, they repeated it. CTV, CBC, Global, and all them, they reported and repeated these lies that the NDP perpetrated. Now, Against all good judgment, I'm going to show you a video where I proved, beyond a reasonable doubt, that uh, people will believe anything as long as it confirms their own biases. People who believe or do, that don't like conservatives will believe anything that the NDP say about conservatives if it confirms their biases. And I guess it would be shameful of me not to mention that it works both ways. Uh, you know, conservatives often say things about uh, the NDP or liberals that only have a hint of truth and people believe it because it confirms their biases, right? But this went a little further. I've been recently sent a ton of crap, fake, satire videos to prove people's point on a certain issue. They use these as evidence, and they tell me that I'm brainwashed, or I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm a plant, or I'm a evil person. And when I poke holes in this evidence, as we're supposed to do, uh, they get angry with me. They call me names. 
because they have no debate. They can't debate the facts because the facts support my opinions in this case. And it's the same way in politics. And we're seeing the we're seeing it play out right before our very eyes. It's actually a long ways back here. Now I'm going to have to find it. This over there. Anyway, people are much, much too willing to believe these things. And it's it's unfortunate, especially considering that it happens even in the most sacred um, parts of our democracy in our elections. So let me find this. Let me cue it up. And I'm going to, I want you to watch this with me. Um, it's hilarious. So I don't mind wasting four minutes of your day to show you this. And I'm actually going to comment on it as we go through. And I'm going to tell you exactly uh, what this is all about. And then I'm going to explain to you the aftermath of this being shared almost 400,000 times as evidence of nefarious actions by the global elite. So here we go. How do I do this? Stop screen. I'm going to present. Share screen. Let's share this one for funsies. Wait. Stop sharing. Let me try this again. I forgot I got to share a Chrome tab because if I don't share a Chrome tab, you can't hear the sound. And here we are. Okay, ready? Grab some popcorn, have a beer, do whatever you got to do. Because here it comes. Watch the comments. I always forget to turn my Well, brain. good afternoon, everybody. Chris here from the Woodstock Cafe in Mir, Alberta. That's me. That's and as you can see from the clouds above me, our trip yesterday was successful. So uh, I just figured I'd come clean and let you all in on a little secret. You know how I've been flying around in airplanes lots over the last few months? Well, people often ask me, how can you afford that, Chris? Flying's expensive, and I'll tell you. Yeah. Truth is, I actually can't afford it, but I have uh, very nice friends who like to fly. The government pays me to do it. They don't. They actually pay me $10 a gallon to uh, dump chemicals. So I'm going to explain to you how this works. It's going to be great. I'm good at explaining. It's really it. actually quite simple. So in the wings of an airplane... Uh, there's bladders, and in a normal airplane, this is where the fuel would be. That's but true. In this fuel airplane, does go in the wings. See this little access port right here? When you remove those screws, there's a high-pressure leakless fitting. There isn't. And we use that to fill the wings with chemicals. And then this particular aircraft is outfitted with a few different chem spraying options. So oh. let's go for it here. I'll show you the first one. In the engine compartment here, there's some lines That's that run true. all the way down. Now this comes from the wings. It comes all the way down through here, in behind this air inlet, and then down into this spray tube. So when we're flying, uh, the engine exhaust comes out here, and it's mixed with the Pay chemicals. Very closely here. And the purpose of that is to create some clouds. So you can see there's a diffusing screw installed right there, and these are government-supplied. So, so I just told you that that exhaust had a tube run down from the wings that injected chemicals into the exhaust stream and it vaporized it 
through a diffusing screw that was installed that was supplied by the government. Now, when I said that, I anticipated that people would realize, hey, this is satire, it's pretty funny, and get on with it and enjoy the rest of the show. But that was not the case. As a matter of fact, I've actually received death threats and threats of harm. People have told me they hope my plane crashes and they're not going to support me anymore because I'm spraying poisonous stuff on them. And of course not. But they believed it because they saw it on Facebook. Let's continue. The next option for spraying, there's this airplane actually has a few. So this little thing right here, that's, a uh, that's actually a high pressure atomizer for a different type of chemical. Um, we're not going to be using that one on this trip because, as you can see, uh, the regular chem is doing its job and making clouds. And you can tell that, that this is true because um, you never see clouds unless there's airplanes making them. So if you come down to the wingtips here, there are some uh, flexi nozzles here. Now, these flexi nozzles, uh, these can be used for either liquid or solid um, powder type chem. And the beauty of that is, you know, if you have a job where you just wanna seed some clouds, you can use a liquid. If you have a job where um, you need to genocide an entire province, well, you can, uh, you, you can install the powder through those and spray. Okay, at this point, I was 100% sure that nobody would believe me anymore. They would, if they didn't get it before, they would have got it by now. Because I literally just said, these flexi nozzles, which are not flexi nozzles at all, they're actually static discharge tubes so that you can hear your radio in the airplane because wind rushing across your wings creates a lot of static electricity and it has to go somewhere. These little doohickeys get rid of the static electricity and you can hear it. I said that they were for genociding an entire province. People believe that. This video was shared 400,000 times as evidence of something. Do you know what that means? That means that we are so willing to confirm our own biases in everything we see that we will literally shout at the clouds and blame the global elite without any credible evidence. And this isn't just limited to this issue. This goes, this is, there's a huge wide range. You hear it in our election, in the, in the campaigns. People will believe whatever they're told because they want to believe it. And I would say it's high time, no pun intended because the clouds are high. It's high time that we started actually trying to disprove the things that we see and we hear so that people cannot do this to us anymore. This is why we end up having selections, not elections. It's not because people are selected before the election ever happens. It's because we spend so much time yelling at the sky and ignoring the fact that there is real evidence. On the contrary of what we're supporting, we lose because we're confused. Let's continue. It's a great video. I hope you still have popcorn. Now, finally, we're going to go back here. There's the uh, chem spray certification tag. Where oh, are we? Where is it? Ah, here it is. Right there. So this is called a fogger. It's not a fogger. It's literally a vent so that the gases 
that come off the batteries, the starting batteries in the airplane when it's being used, don't fill the cabin full of hydrogen gas and cause an explosion. That is an air vent. Nothing behind it but batteries. Let's continue. Um, this actually ups our revenue from $10 a gallon up to $40 a gallon because oh, this fogger here, it disperses the chem so much uh, with the turbulence on the horizontal stabilizer uh, in conjunction with the tip gaps here. That causes some turbulence back here and it fogs so much that you end up with this. Not really. Nature. I'd that. say we did a pretty good job last night as we flew into Cranbrook. So British Columbia, you're welcome. Um, we uh, did a very good job of seeding clouds for you and blocking out the sun, as you can see. So we're stopping climate change. So there you are folks, I've come clean. And uh, I told you what the, the truth is. And it's on video on Facebook, so you can't, I mean, you can't argue with it. You really can't. If anyone does argue with it, you can be upset with them and point to the video as evidence. So I guess it's time for me to get back into uh, our airplane, call sign Charlie Hotel, Echo Mike, Niner, Cam Niner. Have a great day, everyone. See you on the flip side. And remember, don't kill them, bury them. Well, there you go. So when I said don't kill them, bury them, what I was referring to was a satirical badge or sticker that airline pilots, pilots used to buy off a website um, with a team chem spray logo on it. And the slogan was, don't kill them, bury them, as in B-A-R-I-U-M. Now, I suppose there's a lot of people wondering, Chris, why are you such a dink? Why are you such a jerk? Why did you do this? Why are you even talking about this? It's This is our opinions. You can have a different opinion than me. Very true. All of those things. I am a dink. I have my own opinions, and you have your own opinions as well. P.S. Daniel Smith has won a riding. Congratulations, Danielle. Um, I'm very glad you won your riding. And yes, I do support you, even though I don't agree with everything you've done. You see, we can actually do that. That's possible. So why would I do this? Why would I trick people? People are mad at me because I did this, and... And they're like, well, why would you why would you pretend to do that? You made us think this was happening. I didn't make you think anything. As a matter of fact, I gave people so many clues that that was completely fake and satirical that they should have known themselves. And for those people that didn't know that that was fake, you should be upset with yourself. And you should reflect on what that means that I was able to take five minutes out of my day with no preparation whatsoever and convince you with an obviously fake video that I was spraying chemicals to make the clouds, make clouds. You, you should be upset with yourself. And yes, I am a dink. I will admit that for sure. This isn't just limited to this argument. And it does, and it goes a lot further than just the fact that people think one thing and other people think another thing. In this case, there are people out there that are worried that a nefarious organization or organizations are spraying things in the air and it's harming us. Is that a valid concern? I would say that's a valid concern if there's any evidence to support it. If there is evidence to support that, I would argue that it is important that we find out exactly what's going on and fix it. 
And if we can't, if we can't use the scientific method that we've all been talking about, you know, when the government said follow the science, but they weren't really following the science. And we said, what do you mean follow science? If you follow the science, the science says literally the opposite of what you're saying. If you follow the evidence and the science in these situations, you'll come to the truth eventually. Because what do you do with science? Scientific method? You're trying to disprove your theory. You're trying to punch holes in your theories so that you can, by process of elimination, find out what the hell is going on. So if there are people doing things to us, we need to find out what they're doing. And if you're going to share a video like mine or a video like the one I based mine off, which was another guy doing a walk around of a Cessna 310 or something like that, and explaining how he does this, I figured out right away that it was obviously satirical, especially considering there was a slideshow at the end with commercial airline pilots holding up the fake chem spray badge, Team Chem Spray, with barium, don't kill them, as the slogan. Fake pictures, Photoshop pictures of trumpet-looking contraptions out the side of a commercial airliner was at the end of this video, and people were sending me this as, as evidence that this is happening. It is not my fault that people couldn't tell that that was fake. And even more troubling, the people that couldn't tell it was fake now are attacking me, saying, this is obviously going on. How dare you do this? How dare you shred that evidence? It's not evidence. It's fake. It's bullshit. And if it is going on, you better do some, you better do some work and find out what the truth is so we can fix it. This is just like the NDP smear campaign on the UCP and Daniel Smith. You may have heard them say things like, Daniel Smith wants to sell the hospitals. D-A-F-A-Q are they talking about? What are they talking about? Daniel Smith wants you to pay for health care. That's a lie. Daniel Smith wants to bring private health care uh, private healthcare into Alberta. Private healthcare has been in Alberta for 30 years. But people believed this and they put the future of the province on the line because they failed to think critically and get the facts straight before they made a decision. Let's see, NDP. 259,000 Albertans have bought into lies that the NDP has been telling them and they have put the future of this province at risk. 260,000, with only 44% reporting. That number is going to be probably 600, 650,000 Albertans believing the lies. Now, I'm not saying that everything the UCP has done is perfect. I'm not saying that they haven't lied. As a matter of fact, before the leadership change, that party was lying through their teeth. Were they not? They lied to us constantly. They told us we were important. They told us businesses were essential. They told us that the vaccine was safe and effective. They told us that it would be two weeks. They told us it would be only another one more week. They told us we could get back to normal. They told us that we would never have a vaccine passport. It was illegal. They told us all sorts of things. I saw right through it. Most of you saw right through it. The NDP saw right through it. But they didn't like it because they wanted to do all those things. And the future of this province was put at risk because people failed to think critically and act based on good evidence. Scary, isn't it? This isn't just about a chemtrail argument or a flat earth argument. 
Those arguments, as far as I'm concerned, are completely irrelevant to any kind of sane conversation that we're going to have right now. And I say that so boldly. I say that so boldly because there is no credible, tangible evidence to support either conclusion. And meanwhile, meanwhile, while we're arguing over whether a Cessna can fly at 30,000 feet and dump 5,000 gallons of liquid, which would weigh 10 times more than the airplane, by the way, 20, 30, 50 times, I don't know, and make this stuff. There's really bad stuff going on around us. Now I will concede that there is some stuff happening with airplanes right now that could be causing some problems. People call it geoengineering. I call it, I call it, unintentional dimming. Thousands of aircraft fly across this planet every day, tens of thousands actually. They burn a staggering amount of fuel, which isn't the problem, but they also compress a staggering amount of air and they cause a staggering amount of vapor to be added to the atmosphere at high levels. Now, if you have a whole bunch of planes doing this all day, you actually do create some cloud cover that will dim the sun but you don't need to add anything to the fuel to do it. All you have to do is fly up there when the, when the weather conditions are appropriate for clouds and it will happen. I don't believe it's intentional. I certainly don't believe that there's tens of thousands of airline pilots that are uh, co-conspirators in a global plan to genocide the entire population using flexi nozzles and powder camp. I believe that this is an unintended consequence of air travel. Now, be that as it may, I almost guarantee you that this is going to be used as a way, as a reason to stop short haul flights in North America. They're already doing it in Europe because of climate change. Now we're seeing clouds made by airplanes and we're screaming at them saying, how dare you? And someone's going to turn around and say, well, yeah, you're right. How dare you? How, how dare you uh, travel humans? How dare you want to go on vacation and make unintentional clouds? That needs to stop. You shouldn't travel, you peons. We're going to travel to Davos and in our jets, and we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to make laws that say that you can't travel because you're making clouds and dimming out the sun. Congratulations. Let's see how the election in Alberta is going. Oh, where are we at here? The Alberta New Democratic Party, 275,000 people, popular vote, 43%. United Conservatives, 327,000, 52% of the popular vote. This is going to be very close. Probably closer than I actually thought it was going to be. So have a look at my writing. Has Jennifer Johnson won yet? Where are we? The Companoka. Jennifer Johnson. Where are we at? There we go. Jennifer Johnson, 430 Clive, 298 Mir. She's ahead by a wide margin, and it looks like Jennifer Johnson is going to take uh, on the role of MLA in the Companoka. I'm going to preemptively say congratulations, Jennifer. Well, whether you win or lose because you uh, did a good campaign and you didn't have to smear anybody. And I also want to give a big shout out to, oh, sorry. I want to give a big shout out to my other friend, Daniel Jeffries with the Wild, Lo Wild Rose Loyalty Coil Coalition. 
Now, Daniel Jeffries is a, he's a great guy. He was a pastor of the church here that I attended for a little while. Um, he believes in Alberta. He believes in an independent Alberta, as do I. But in this case, the reason that I didn't endorse Daniel Jeffries with the Wild Rose Loyalty Coalition was because I was actually, I was quite taken aback. That's an old person saying. I was quite taken aback that a new independence-minded party was formed so shortly before the election. Taken aback, worried, and actually a little bit angry about that. I still stand by my, my uh, statement that independence will only happen in Alberta if the independence parties can get their shit together and learn to work together. And it appears as they can't. So it's probably not going to be a political party that brings around that kind of a uh, monumental change in this province. It's probably going to be the people that do it themselves after they um, make their legislators reduce the threshold for a citizen's initiative referendum. That's the facts. I mean, what did I say before? If you're confused, you lose. And right now, the independence parties are confused. Doesn't mean it, that they don't have a bunch of good people there. It just means that they haven't been able to get their, their coop in a group and work together towards a common goal. And if they can't do that, they're not going to make government. Sorry. Ah, I gained a lot of followers from that uh, video I did about my about Chem Niner. Tons of followers, actually. It was I couldn't believe it. I was quite taken aback. And now the interesting thing is they're on my page and they're commenting things like, "I'm a globalist. I'm anything but a globalist. I am. You could call me a, a protectionist for Alberta. I want to see Alberta stand up." and protect yourself from what the rest of the world wants to do with their lunatic anti-human agenda. I'm the farthest thing from a globalist you can imagine. And uh, I'm also on the other end of the financial scale of a globalist as I'm pretty much flat broke and globalists tend to have a lot of money. But money is not real anyway, right? It's just a physical, it's just a physical manifestation of the time it took us to get it or steal it. For some people, you know who I'm talking about. <sighs> some people didn't have any independence candidates to vote for, and there's a reason for that. Uh, some of the political parties, the independence-minded parties, they honorably uh, declined to run candidates in some ridings that they were worried could be swing ridings and end up as an orange seat. So they didn't run candidates, and kudos to them for that. That shows a level of humility that the other provinces, the other parties just don't have right now. The other parties aren't humble enough to say, hey, you know, we want to give these other guys a shot at winning that seat because we think that's the best thing for Alberta. There are people in politics right now who would gladly burn the UCP down and watch the ND or watch the NDP take Alberta, turn Alberta into a shithole have not province that focuses on woke ideology and condemns anything that makes Alberta, Alberta, they would be happy to do that. And there are other political parties and candidates that would not. So kudos to you, uh, independence parties, for being conscious of the fact that, uh, you know, that we really can't have an NDP government. And no, that doesn't mean you're perfect. So I'm going to... Man, I was hoping that the gap would be so wide here that I could just say, hey, we're going to, ah, 50%. Let's see. 
50% reporting, 50% reported. Registered voters just dropped from 3 million something to 2 million 800,000. I don't know how that works. Unofficial turnout 25%. Voted Voting places reporting is 50%. 50%. And we are, uh, by popular vote, uh, United Conservative Party government. However, let's have a look and see if any of the constituencies have been called. Calgary, Acadia is very, very close. 2,000 votes for the NDP, 1,936 for UCP. So if you ever said to yourself, (coughs) wow, that felt great. If you ever said to yourself or anyone around you that your vote doesn't count, I want to point out right now that in Calgary, Acadia, there is a 64-vote gap between the UCP and the NDP. And between the Solidarity Movement of Alberta, uh, Canada, the Wild Rose Loyalty Coalition, and the Independence Party of Alberta, there are 71 votes. So, had those parties declined to run a candidate in Calgary, Acadia, knowing that they're not going to win, we would have a UCP MLA. Well, six out of 15. Anyway, too close to tell, or too far away to tell. Let's see how it goes. What do we have here? Uh, again, Calgary Bennington. 4,863 votes NDP. 4,563 votes UCP, which is a difference of, uh, I don't know, calculator. Let me see, 6363. Oh, it's only 300 votes. And between the Liberals and the Alberta Party, there are 300 votes. Calgary, Edgemont, 13 of 15. Looks like it's going to be a UCP. Oh, man. They're so close. They're like within 100 votes, folks. Wow. Calgary Hayes. Looks like UCP has pulled ahead with 9 out of 12 reporting. Calgary Klein. 8 out of 15, and there is a 5-vote spread favoring the UCP with it looks like about 228 votes split off to other parties. Calgary Lougheed, Conservative Stronghold, ahead by 2,000 votes. Calgary Mountain View looks like it is going to be taken by the NDP. However, we're only at 10 of 19 uh, polling stations reporting. And I know everyone's wondering right now, and no, I am not wearing any pants. I know that's that's on everyone's mind. I, I can see, I can read between the lines in the comments, and that's the answer. I'm not wearing any pants. It's too hot for pants. And the other answer is gray. Uh, again, Calgary North. UCP leading with... 93 votes. Four of 11 polling stations reporting. Calgary Northeast is very likely going to be orange. Uh, 7,639 votes NDP. 6,212 UCP. Man, it's it's just it's close everywhere. Calgary North. 
42 or 4521 NDP and 4966 UCP with 374 about 430 votes being split off in other parties. UCP is going to take Calgary Pagan by about a thousand votes ish with eight out of 13 reporting. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it looks like it's going to be an, a UCP government. And we may not see any independence-minded parties win any seats in this election, according to what I'm seeing here. But we're only about halfway there. Let's check out Edmonton. Edmonton looks like it is going to remain... I'm not going to say it because it's kind of rude. It's going to remain orange by a wide margin. That's not surprising. Edmonton City Centre is almost uh, three times as many NDP votes as UCP. You know, if that's what they want in the cities, then that's they can have that. But I, I sure hope the policies don't bleed into the rest of Alberta because we don't want them. Yeah, Edmonton is annihilating the UCP. It appears in every single riding sometimes by a factor of seven. Yeah. Edmonton appears to be a lost cause. Let's see how my Edmonton Manning, ah, my friend Heather is ahead by quite a wide margin and she will remain the MLA in Edmonton Manning. So, you know, I know it's early, but uh, I'll offer an early congratulations to Heather Sweet, MLA for Edmonton Manning. The incumbent looks like she's gonna return Wow, Edmonton, my goodness. And then as we move south, uh, it looks like we're going to see a mostly blue government, blue MLAs in the south. Again, by quite a wide margin. Now, this is interesting that the province is split and divided the way they are, is it not? Would you agree with me if I said that the values and the priorities of people in the cities are not consistent with the values of rural and possibly southern Alberta? I think that's what it is. And I would say, I don't think it's a policy pro problem or a platform problem why Edmonton tends to vote the way they do. I think it's more a problem of getting our message across in ways that they can understand and digest. A lot of times when we're talking to People who classically vote NDP or Liberal, uh, we can be rude, condescending. We can be, you know, we spend more time talking than we do listening. And if we can work on some of those things and maybe change the way we interact with other people, our message would probably resonate with the people there because everything that I want to do as a conservative or pseudo-conservative, I guess you'd call me now, everything that I want to do and see would benefit the things that those folks want, except for communism. I mean, I can't help them with communism. And yes, the Communist Party did get some votes this year. I'll show you. But I think conservatives, we don't have to change our platform and our policies so much and pander to the woke mob. I think we have to do a better job at getting our point across and be less concerned with political leanings uh, or political stripes and more concerned about communicating our message. Anyway, that's just the opinion of a burger flipper, and everybody has assholes. Just like that. 
rest of the province is probably going to be fairly blue. And that's very early. We have, uh, I think we're about 60%, 54% reported. And we have uh, popular vote. UCP is leading NDP by about 70,000 votes. So very likely we're going to see a UCP government. Let's head down and or let's let's have a look here and check out what other people are voting for. Because, of course, there are more parties than the NDP and the UCP. Let's let's have a chat about them right now. Let's let's talk. Advantage Party of Alberta, popular vote 277. 277 votes for the Advantage Party of Alberta. Uh, I believe Marilyn Burns is the leader. And she's a wonderful lady. But unfortunately, the party doesn't seem to be going anywhere, even though they have some good policies and good ideas. Uh, one of the major disadvantages to the Advantage Party of Alberta is that in their constitution, it forbids the party from merging with any other party, which leaves them straggling around while the other independence parties hopefully uh, communicate well with each other and work towards common goal. The Alberta Liberal Party has never really done very well in this province, I don't think, at least since I've been here. I think there was one Liberal Party seat in the province at one point. Um, I don't even, I don't remember where, and I don't remember why or anything like that. And anyway, who cares? Just glad that they're only at 2,000. Alberta NDP gained a lot of traction over the last 20 years here, um, partly on the legacy of Grant Notley, who I would have agreed with on most things. But what his daughter Rachel Notley has done to the party is absolutely horrendous. And it's taken it from a For the People party, apparently, to uh, in order to tyrannize the People party. I mean, she even said she wants to get your tax dollars to pay people to go door to door and bully them about vac vaccinations. When in history has that ever been a government's job? And it's not a good idea to do that in rural Alberta. The Alberta Party, uh, they do have some support, but not really much. 0.85% of the popular vote with 54% reporting, uh, 6,987 votes. I don't know much about the Alberta Party except for when we were trying to flush the NDP last time, I remember looking at the Alberta Party's platform because I thought, well, you know, Alberta Party, that sounds good. I love Alberta. Maybe I should vote for the Alberta Party. But what I found was, I think they just misnamed it. They actually forgot to put liberal between Alberta and party. It should read Alberta Liberal Party because they're not really much different than their uh, neighbors on the, on the screen here. And, of course, the Communist Party of Alberta, in which some of our NDP candidates have actually marched in communist support parades uh, and said things like capitalism needs to be dismantled. Uh, oil. Oh, what did that one say about oil? Oil's a stain on Alberta or something like that. They're, they're totally anti-human, anti-energy, anti-industry, anti-prosperity fools. I really, I just, I think... They should go live in a communist country for a little while and just check it out before they try and bring it here. But anyway, this is a democracy. And if you bring enough people, you show up with enough people, you can make this a communist shithole. So congratulations to the Communist Party of Alberta uh, for winning 293 votes, which may turn into around 600, but I doubt it. Green Party of Alberta with 6,639 votes, 0.8% of the popular vote. Still not going to make a dent in anything, but the interesting thing about the Green Party of Alberta is I would say that they they focus on one thing, right? 
green at all costs, net zero at all costs, at all costs. It doesn't matter what the consequences are. The only thing we care about is the environment. Screw humans, kill them all, bring things back to nature. That's what I hear from the Green Party of Alberta. And to be fair, although it's hard to be fair with those kinds of ideas, I I have issue with some of the things that happen to our environment too. I'm not some, I'm not one of the smoggies. Remember that show, The Smoggies? It was great. Uh, it was also a propaganda arm of the uh, of Greenpeace, but whatever. We need to be good stewards of our environment so that we can have it for future generations. But this idea that we have to completely destroy and dismantle society and capitalism and all the things that made humanity flourish in order to protect nature is absolutely asinine, ludicrous, and people should be able to see right through it because it's all, all lies, just like my chemtrail video. Pro-Life Alberta Political Association, 37 votes. Again, uh, I believe the only reason the Pro-Life Alberta Political Association is on the ballot is because they just want that to be on a ballot when people vote. They want to, people to see that that's there and, and wonder about it. Oh, 43 votes now. Um, you know, ca campaigning on one thing is never going to win government. And in Holland, they've got, uh, I can't remember, there's like 17 or 18 or 432 parties or something. And there's a lot of parties like that. There's uh, one of those. There's the Christian party. There's uh, Black Pete is Black party. And they're not thinking that they're ever going to do anything, kind of like the Rhino party. They're basically places where you throw away your vote in order to bring awareness to one particular issue. Uh, what else we got here? Reform Party of Alberta, 67 votes. Uh, Reform Party of Alberta is riding on the coattails of Preston Manning and the Reform Party of Canada and the amazing things that they did. But they're doing it a different way and they're not doing it right and it will never go anywhere. I, I don't know why they bother. Solidarity Movement Alberta, 2,355 votes, 0.26 of the popular vote. Uh, unfortunately, Solidarity Movement of Alberta, in my opinion, is a vengeance party. Um, the things that I hear coming out of them, it pains me to say it because they're good people and they're my friends. But they're not much different than what the NDP are saying. They, they actually lie about the other side. You know... And it's a shame because they're good people trying to do good things, but they're so angry and they're so vengeful, they can't see past that. And it's going to show this election, and I, I don't think anything's going to cover it. Buffalo Party of Alberta, again, riding on the coattails of the Saskatchewan Buffalo Party, as far as I know. Um, haven't heard a peep out of them. Not to say that they're bad. But they just haven't they haven't done the work. The Independence Party of Alberta. Now this is interesting. Two thousand two hundred and twelve votes with 0.25 of the popular vote, which actually is lagging behind the Solidarity Movement of Alberta. Of course, if they had not split the way they did, uh, although it probably had to happen, you know, they would be up around that five thousand votes, maybe even ten thousand. Still not enough to make a dent or change anything in government. However. I think if we see the independence parties come together and actually work together, they could make something of it. And I'm very proud of all the people that have put in a bunch of hard work to try and bring the idea of independence in Alberta to the mainstream 
specifically in a general election. Um, kudos to them. There's not many parties that can go from 100 members to 4,000 members in a year and gain the kind of traction and momentum that they did. Had they done it a couple years prior, you know, it might be a different story. But anyway, we are where we are. And as you can see, the United Conservative Party of Alberta is now stretched out to 478,336 votes, which pretty much renders all of the other special interests or anger parties, vengeance parties, uh, impotent. Wrong word? I mean politically. Wildrose Independence Party of Alberta. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with them. I'm surprised they're even on the ballot. Wildrose Loyalty Coalition. Again, if you can't get along with people who are like-minded and figure these things out, why would we want to elect you to be our government? Not saying that some of the folks that are running aren't good people because they absolutely are. Now, this one, independent, 7,165. There's one that I'm very interested in, and that is Rimby Rocky Mountain House. Let's see how Mr. Hovens is doing. There we are. What do we got going on here? Jason Nixon is killing it. Wow, I'm surprised the NDP have as much traction as they do. What are the numbers on the bottom? Where are we at here? 10,000 votes cast in Rimby Rocky Mountain House, 73%. Huh. Interesting. So the smaller parties aren't getting any traction at all. This race in Rainy Rocky Mountain House is between the NDP and the Independent and the UCP. But we'll see what happens. 73% reporting. Speaking of reporting, it is 10.51, which means it's almost my bedtime. We're at 61% uh, reporting, and it looks like, man, it's getting closer and closer as we go. This reminds me of the U.S. presidential election where it was an assured Trump victory, and uh, next thing you know, everything goes blank. Two hours later, comes back on, and there's a couple million more votes for Biden. It's weird, right? But nothing to see there. Anyway, we have to we have to have some amount of faith in the elections. We have to have some amount of faith in our democracy, and even more important than that, we need to participate in it. And when we do, it really shows. I mean, we we unseated a premier in this province because we all showed up right so things can be done but you have to show up so i'm gonna go uh, you know what i'm gonna actually look at the let's look at the comments real quick here i'll make my ugly mug and my messed up hair from the headset bigger and fort mac went ndp no they did not what is wrong with you fort mac where are we? Uh, where are you? Fort Mac, Fort McMurray, Lacklebish. No, they did not. Looks like with 22 of 25 reporting, uh, Fort Mac has triple, or per, the UCP has triple the amount of votes as the NDP. So I will call Fort Mac 
right now, and I will say that they will be uh, have a UCP MLA. Congratulations for that. Let's have a quick look through the comments. So just so you know, this 73% reporting, uh, I don't think that any of the, oh, actually, there's a couple. There's very few of the polling stations that have had enough, uh, high enough reporting that they can be called, but I think some can. And you'll probably find that on a live stream or a show that does a much better job than me. Uh, Mopar Wayne says we're 13 seats away from a majority. I'm pretty sure it's going to, oh man, I don't even want to say it. It's going to be close. Melinda says, unbelievable. When people have nothing to eat, no power, nothing, absolutely nothing, none of this garbage will matter. Yeah. Well, you know what? Venezuela was a beautiful country. It was, uh, it was a capitalist nation. They had huge amount of resources. It was a very wealthy place. And socialism reared its ugly head. People begged for socialism. They begged for the government to be their daddy. Next thing you know, I'm working in Colombia watching Venezuelans walk, not drive, not fly, not take the train, drive a car. I'm watching them walk through Colombia and into other parts of South America, America to start a new life. Both Colombia and Brazil had problems with massive influx of completely destitute Venezuelan families. In some cases, there was families that were both professionals, doctors, lawyers, whatever, and one of the family, mom or the dad, ended up prostituting themselves to support the family. And this happened so much. And this isn't just like, we're not talking about people that didn't work hard and build something for themselves. I'm literally talking about doctors and lawyers and dentists and people with professional jobs had to do this. It got so bad that in, uh, I believe it was 2000 and. 2015 or 16, prostitutes, prostitution's illegal in Colombia, actually had a protest at the government buildings because they were being undercut by Venezuelans. What does that tell you? I mean, you turn a country like Venezuela from a prosperous, flourishing, rich nation to a socialist communistic hellhole where people are burning their currency and selling their bodies to buy food in a few years, 11 years. And people in Canada beg for the same policies saying that can never happen here. Well, guess what? Everywhere it's happened, people say it can't happen here because we're so powerful. We're rich. We have resources. It can never happen here. What are you talking about, you crazy lunatic? But it happens. And then people have to suffer in order to fix things. I'm getting tired of this too. Exhausted by the chemtrail chats. Bees, birds are dying. Show me the evidence. Where is it? They said the bees were dying years ago. The bees aren't dying. There's tons of bees. They're everywhere. We don't have a bee problem. And if we do, it's probably something to do with them being unable to navigate in a sea of wireless energy transmissions, which is probably coming out of the cell phone you're using. Soil testing across the country will show contaminants. Okay, soil testing shows contaminants. What caused it? Is it a, 40, uh, chem, uh, a vapor trail 40,000 feet in the air? 
Probably not because that's never going to touch the ground. What's causing it? If you have contaminants in your ground, find out where it's from. Don't yell at the sky. I'm exhausted by this too. That's a fact about the poisons released in the atmosphere. No, it's not a fact. It is not a fact. Facts are backed up with evidence and there's no evidence of that anywhere. Show me the evidence and then you can possibly call it a fact. But a belief in your mind does not constitute a fact. Critical, objective, and common sense thinkers we need to be. I agree with that statement 100%. And to conflate and and uh, um, uh, to conflate the arguments that you're making in the previous part of your statement is not critical thinking. Chemtrails is a lie in your opinion. Yeah, and my opinion is based on facts. And the fact is, there's no evidence to support otherwise. Sorry. I'm exhausted too. I really am exhausted because I actually think that these these things and those videos you see shared on Facebook that are proof of these things going on and Stu Peters and his stupid shows where he mixes a bunch of lies with a, with some truth and then passes it off to make a bunch of money pisses me off because it's confusing people. It's dividing them. I literally have gotten death threats because I say that what you see in the sky isn't chemicals, it's vapor. Death threats. That should tell you something. Global Edmonton is hating this. Well, guess what? We don't like Global Edmonton either, do we? Jennifer Johnson won. Yay, Jennifer Johnson. Good for you. Glad to see you won. Uh, yeah. Is there any questions? What's wrong with my city of Edmonton? Holy man, it's beyond sad. Well, I don't know if there's anything wrong with Edmonton. But Edmontonians apparently want different things than the rest of Alberta, and that's okay. It's okay to want different things. If they want to be communists, that's okay. But the rest of us don't want to be. Period. Uh, I don't actually see any questions. But it's 11 o'clock, and it's my bedtime. Hey, you know what? Did you know if you're worried about there not being enough bees, you can actually order bees, mason bees, and have them delivered to your home in the spring so that you have a mason bee swarm to pollinate. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, this spring, you're going to see mason bees available for sale, very likely, on the Whistle Stop Cafe shop. Why? Well, because we love bees and we don't like to get stung. And mason bees don't sting you, but they do pollinate your plants. Okay, one more look. What's going on here? 67%. And next refresh in three, two, one. Boom, 68%. 37% turnout. Registered voters doesn't say 3.8 million anymore, which is strange. And we have a 90,000 vote lead in favor of the UCP over the NDP, a popular vote. Very likely that we're going to have a UCP government in the morning. Actually, not in the morning. I think it's June 8th is when the official results are at. So I'm going to leave you with that, folks. Um, feel free to go and check out the rest of the live election results at... 
results.elections.ab.ca slash 8400. I don't know why it says slash 8400. I'm going to post it in the comments here. Paste. There you are. If you want to uh, continue to watch it live, you can go there. Better yet, I would suggest you head over to the Western Standard. And uh, if you haven't yet, subscribe because, oh, wait, what do you say? What? What? Why would we pay for news? You already pay for news. You pay CTV and CBC and Global and all these other state-owned or state-sponsored media. You pay them with the tax dollars, and they do a shit job, and they feed you propaganda and lies. For $10 a month, you can go over to the Western Standard. You can support some people who actually believe in real journalism. And yes, that means sometimes you won't like their opinion columns, just like sometimes I don't. But guess what? They're allowed to say it because that's what journalism is. Go over there. Sign up. It's 10 bucks a month. It's like... It's like a cup of coffee in the city or four cups of coffee in rural Alberta, and it is worth every penny, and you're going to be supporting something great. And no, they don't pay me to do this. I don't even talk to them. Um, I met Derek Philbrandt once and never again. And uh, I have no vested interest in encouraging you to sign up for that. But I'll say it anyway because I believe in it, and I think it's necessary, and I'm very proud of them for the work they're doing. Same with Rebel News. Um, they're going to tell you the other side of the story, whether you like it or not. They're going to tell you the other side of the story, whether our government likes it or not. And these are organizations we need to support. So subscribe to Western Standard. They've got live election results. And I didn't actually get an email about it. I'm going to go check. But I'm fairly certain our friend Sheila Gunn Reed over Rebel News will also be doing something with live election results. And uh, I'm actually going to check it out for a little bit. So it's uh, Charlie Hotel Echo Mike Niner signing off. Have a great night, everybody. And I will look forward to being part of a uh, conservative Alberta in the morning and getting to work immediately on finding some real solutions for Alberta because there ain't one party right now that's going to do anything that's got solutions like what the people can do. So we're going to show them how it's done. Have a great night. P.S. Yes. Chris is a dink. <laughs>